Hi everyone, my name is Callie. And I'm Grant. Welcome back to our podcast, Big World. Small Bites. Today we're going to steer you through the complicated road of electric vehicles. We'll talk about frequently asked questions and some debates. And finally, we have a surprise for all of our local listeners. We hope you're hungry because we're going to be breaking down this big world into some small bites. All right, Callie. So we have a very interesting episode today. I'm very excited about it. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about electric vehicles, electric vehicle chargers, and kind of this crazy new world we're headed into. Yeah, especially with a lot of car companies making pledges to stop making gas-powered vehicles by 2030. There's definitely a brand new world ahead of us in the automotive industry. I know, and I'm uh, incredibly excited. I hope once we graduate, I can get an electric vehicle. Trust me. (laughs) Very, very excited. I do not want to pay for gas anymore. That's, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but just to jump right into it, I think you make a really, really, really good point. And I'd like to point out to some of our listeners at home here just how many car companies have electric vehicle pledges. And so just take a guess at either the amount or some of the major car companies you think have electric car pledges. Okay, I'm going to guess because I don't even know how many car companies there are. Like, I'd hate to be like, you know, I don't know anything about cars, but I'm just, I'm just not a car girly. But I know GM has, I think. And I don't know what they own, so that's, this is going to make me sound really, <laughs> this is going to be a really interesting guess. Um, I feel like Volkswagen's one of them. Yeah. Oh my gosh, really? Um... I don't know. These these are good. These are good guesses, though. Oh, uh, that's all I got. I feel like, no, is GM an American company? I th- I think so. I, I can never so. tell which cars are from where. I'm exposing myself right now. Me too, though. Because I'm trying I, yeah. to guess based on where they're from. But yeah, I would say Volkswagen. I would guess maybe Toyota because they have the Prius. Mm. But I don't know. Yeah, this well, is complicated. No, it, it is, but there are a bunch of them. And so I, I think I should probably preface this by saying some of these are pretty ambitious goals, mm. and the company, the companies have even stated that. But by 2030, Bentley, Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, and 50%, so half of Volkswagen, they plan mm. to be either fully electric or, in Volkswagen's case, 50% electric. By 2035, General Motors, GM. Mm-hmm. By 2040 is Honda, but oh. they have like way earlier plans for Europe. And then Ford by 2050 plans to be carbon neutral and electric vehicles play a role in that in that carbon neutral future. That's interesting. Like especially thinking about Ford with like what kind of mm-hmm. car they make mostly trucks. Yeah. Well they so just had that, that Ford electric truck the like the right. Lightning. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean like what are your thoughts on that? I feel like it's so crazy to think when you look at the future, you see these major car companies, companies that aren't like a, a Tesla or some other company that's solely done electric vehicles, and they have these plans to go fully electric. Right. I think a lot of those like brand names are also names like some of the listeners probably own a car from. It's not like mm-hmm. something that's super unattainable to the average person like Tesla. Um, and it's interesting to me, too, when you mentioned like the, like the recent Ford truck and how a lot of these are being marketed. Mm-hmm. A lot of the commercials are like trying to make the cars like justify that they're still manly, even if they're electric. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yes, one no. of the, like the Super Bowl commercial that was like, oh, yes. they're so powerful and tough. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I, I that marketing will work probably, but mm-hmm. it's just super interesting to see. These companies have made pledges. Now they have to back themselves up on it. And to do to get people on board with it, they're just trying to maintain their brand, yeah. which is really, really interesting. But yeah. it goes to show that people who think it's just like a fad or a trend, um, it's not. 
going away because these are real pledges that that they've made. Yeah, and, and, and I'm really hoping that as, you know, these major companies go more and more electric prices go down. Yeah. So, so people like like myself can maybe one day afford right. uh, an electric vehicle. Yeah, even like the hybrid vehicles now that are um, electric and run on gas. Mm-hmm. Right now, those are more feasible, I would say, especially because if you break down somewhere, you might not be near an electric vehicle charging station at this moment in time. Yeah. I think in five, ten years, we're going to see a lot more yeah. um, EV charging stations. But right now, it is definitely more feasible to have some gas capabilities in your car, um, even though obviously that isn't what our goal is in the future. But just the fact that those are more accessible now, like shout out to my best friend's mom, Becky Diamond, (laughs) who I know listens to our podcast, who got, she recently just got Mm -hmm. a hybrid car and she really likes it. Um, And it's easy. She plugs it into her house. So it's just definitely becoming a lot more accessible for the average person. No, yeah. And and I think you you mentioned a a really big concern that I think America and a lot of countries have in terms of charging. We need to have more infrastructure for chargers to really help push forward the, the EV, the electric vehicle kind of, of of spree but speaking of different areas our area in the future uh, to our listeners in this area but also in Pennsylvania as a whole uh, I know a lot of the US it may seem that electric vehicles aren't that big right now especially in more rural local communities but I have a very interesting stat for you here so just like a year or two ago the Pennsylvania government did a study they partnered up they wanted to look at electric vehicle usage in the state and they found that I'm just going to quote right from them. This study came out two years ago. It was 2021. They found that more than 29,000 electric passenger vehicles were registered in Pennsylvania as of November of 2020. And and while that is a fraction of vehicles in the state, it's more than double the number in December of 2017. Wow. Right? So there seems to be a a huge upward trend, even in like a, a state like PA that historically is very natural gas or, or mining heavy Mm -hmm. towards that EV shift, which I think is really, really interesting. Yeah. I'd like to see a breakdown of where that is too, because when I went home for spring break, I saw more Teslas that I had seen in the last six months. Like I'm from the suburbs, so there's more charging stations where I live. So it's more feasible for people. Um, And I just remember driving around and my best friend Kate, who lives in the city in Philly, was saying almost all her Ubers now are Teslas. So it's just kind of interesting. I'm really curious about how they're starting to kind of um, merge out into the larger area. And I'd be hopeful that as more charging stations come out to more rural areas, that'd be more of a possibility for folks out here. Yeah, I think that's another really interesting point. I uh, took a trip over to Oregon a few months ago mm, to look at like yeah. some some jobs and some apartments out there, and I didn't have a car while I was there. I'm not 25, so it's very hard to, <laughs> to rent, rent a vehicle. Um, I used a lot of public transport, but a lot of it was Uber rides, and a lot of the Ubers there were all Teslas. That's so interesting. Right? And the and the, the drivers told me that Uber's having this really big push to go electric. And so a lot of Uber drivers can rent or get like leased a Tesla or That's electric so vehicle. Cool. Right? And so I was stepping into these really fancy high-end mm-hmm. cars. Um, that were just really cool. I didn't even know how to open the door at first to the that's, Tesla. That's what Kate was saying. She's like, my friends still don't know how to open the doors of a Tesla, even though we've done it like a million times yeah. in Ubers now. I think they did it to, to make it almost feel kind of like futuristic. It's, it's yeah. like these little fancy kind of pop open. Yeah, because yeah, in case you don't know, like the handles don't aren't outside of the door. Yeah. They're like a part of the door. It's like flat. Yeah. So yeah. it's real weird looking. Yeah. Um, but speaking of electric vehicles, I think it's important to tell our listeners at home why they may be needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know you know, but do you want to give like the listeners or just start us off some of the problems with combustion vehicles as we have today? Yeah. 
So cars are definitely one of the top emitters of carbon dioxide, which is driving the climate crisis. But even if you're someone who maybe doesn't care about the climate crisis or isn't fully on board with worrying about it, it's still a concern because of all the air pollution Mm -hmm. that these uh, our current cars um, cause. Yeah, no, absolutely. And speaking specifically to PA, taking again from that study I mentioned earlier, they found that in the state of Pennsylvania, and again, this is in 2021, that uh, 47% of the nitrous oxides in the air, and this can help form, for, for listeners at home, nitrous oxides can help form ozone or, or smog on the ground, uh, ground-level yeah. ozone, which really hurts, like you said, air pollution and, and the air that we breathe. 47% of it was from uh, vehicles. Wow. Almost 50% of, of all of that air pollution was from vehicles. You also just have the, the CO2, the carbon dioxide, which contributes to climate change. 21% of carbon dioxide in the air statewide was from vehicles. And then there's just that, that inequality, the un- inequity yeah. problem as well. And this is where I think EVs can really play a role in terms of addressing those concerns. And I think, um, and I'll ask you, in this area, but also where, where you live at home, what are some of the maybe the, the negatives you hear about electric vehicles before I give some of the positives? Definitely that they're expensive. Mm-hmm. Um Something I hear adults in my life talk about a lot is what happens if you get run out of gas, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Like that's what they're saying in their terms. What if your car runs out of charge? Um, because right now, you know, you could have somebody go fill up um, a thing of gas for you and you could bring it to, to your car and fill it up and then you wouldn't be stranded anymore. But if you are an electric vehicle, a lot of people assume that you would just have to be towed. I'm not really sure what capabilities are like right now yeah. or they could be like in the future. Um, also just that there are no charging stations. The only one I can think of in my town is at the grocery store and there's only two of them and they look, I'm not sure if they're fast chargers or not because I haven't had to look into that, but they don't seem like they, they don't have a lot of, um, infrastructure there. So it's just interesting, um, that I think mostly all these criticisms come from a lack of exposure to them. And also I think most of the electric vehicles in my area are Teslas, so it's kind of seen as something like yeah. just for the rich people to deal with, um, which, as we've kind of talked about, isn't necessarily true, especially going into the future. Yeah, no, and I think that's a very fair point. And another big one that I hear is that uh, when electric cars are actually constructed and they're made, there's a lot of emissions when they're first yep. created. And I, I think there's kind of this sentiment, because of how big the batteries are, right. that they're worse for the planet. And, and I think this is a really important thing that we need to touch on, as well as the charger issue. And for that, I wanted to mention a life cycle analysis. And for listeners at home that don't know what that is, essentially it's an analysis that's conducted from the, the birth, if you want to call it that, the construction of a vehicle, all the way to what you mentioned, the very end of its life, the recycling, the batteries, all, all of the disposal processes. And so there are a bunch of studies, many of them recent, so just like 2021 to 2023, um, the International Energy Administration did one, and, and Reuters also teamed up to do one as well. And, and what both of them found, I think this is very interesting, is that early on in the actual construction phase, EVs were actually worse to get those rare earth minerals. And I think it's something we need to be very transparent about mm-hmm. to actually mine for the batteries, these massive batteries. It did create more pollution, more actual environmental destruction, and in some cases, human actually uh, damage in terms of like, you know, invasive like metals or other carcinogens that that people are, you know, getting on them. But that being said, pretty quickly, there was a break even point. So a carbon payback period once the cars were driven. So for some of these studies, as early as 12,000 
or, or 15,000 miles, you had kind of paid back your extra mm -hmm. emissions. And then from that point forward, the EVs were much better, uh, much better depending on how you charge them. But I think the interesting point, and this is from the, the Reuters study, they found that even if you charge them with coal, straight coal from like a power plant, for the most part, they were still better for the planet. The, their, their benefit wasn't as great, but again, it's just because there were no tailpipe emissions that the longer you could get out of the car, the longer you could drive them, the better overall. Yeah, and it's interesting too, focusing on Pennsylvania, I think a lot of us in Pennsylvania get energy from natural gas, mm -hmm. which is certainly not by any means a clean source of energy, but it's certainly much cleaner than coal. Yeah. So we're even a little bit better in this area from that. Because um, I even hear that too with, oh, it's going to make your electricity costs go up by charging at your house. And then you know, what energy does your house get it from? Yeah. So definitely yeah, interesting I mean, that's, point. That was a huge point. Uh, as well as what you did with the batteries when the car's lifespan right. was over. And so if you did recycle it, that benefited it. Uh, but I think a big point to mention also, and I think sometimes with electric vehicles and renewable energy, people point out the negatives for those and kind of skip over the negatives for what we have currently. It's, it's not necessarily easy to uh, recycle a combustion vehicle as it is right now. You know, that's why we have like these car lots, vacant car lots, you know, with all these cars. And so I think we're getting to a point where we can actually recycle some of these electric vehicle batteries, which is really important. And, and that also made them even better in terms of the life, cy life cycle analysis. But I think it's important to mention that right now with combustion vehicles, we, we aren't exactly killing it. Right. And I think <laughs> the point there, too, is, you know, even if they both had the same end result of ending up in landfills, mm -hmm. one of them would also spend time during its useful life creating negative impacts for the planet, whereas... Uh, electric vehicles would at least during its useful life not be doing that yeah um so even if the result end result was the same you know the useful life is hopefully quite long so yeah more than just a year or two yeah so. and i mean again the longer you drive it the better it ended up being right and so i think electric vehicles definitely play a role in addressing that air pollution the the smog the the co2 overall climate change and that that equity problem assuming we can find a way to equity equitably produce these vehicles yeah. But I, I think another thing you mentioned, the actual chargers mm -hmm. and, and the problems with with driving long distances, per se, yeah. running out of your fuel for the vehicle, right. if you will. I think it's a big problem, especially for the, the charger problem. But I wanted to briefly mention, I think where we are now, we're not in like the, the first generation of electric vehicles. Uh, many more vehicles can go farther distances now. But looking back at, at the range issue and the, the charging issue, you know, where the chargers are located, moving away from Teslas, which do typically have a, a pretty long range, but they're more high-end, even with federal grants and, and incentives, um, more affordable electric vehicles. One of them that I, I really like is the Hyundai Kona. So it's this Kona EV electric vehicle. Um, depending on which one you get, it can be $30,000 or less new, cheaper used, and that's yeah. before you get federal like tax credits or, or statewide incentives. Guess how? Guess what the range is for that car? Oh gosh! I'll show you. I'll show you a photo of it. Just Ooh, so I'm you can excited. See it. This is what it I'm looks gonna describe like. Describe it. Ooh, it it looks like a car. Never mind. I can't describe it. It looks <laughs> like an SUV. It's like a little SUV. Yeah, right. Huh. It's, it's kind of a cute little car. It's a little bit bigger than than most Teslas. Yeah, it, it is like bigger than you would expect an electric car to be. I don't know. I'm bad at miles. Like, pretty far. Yeah. Well, no, but in one charge, it is uh, 258 miles. Oh, wow. Right? So you think about even road tripping around five a 500-mile trip, right? An hour right. is an hour's long trip. You could go 250, 258 miles, fast charge it up, 
to maybe 200 miles and then go another 200 miles before stopping at, right. a, at a hotel or an Airbnb with maybe an electric vehicle charger there. Right. I right. think that goes to uh, what our culture is like as well. I think there's this big grand idea of like the American road trip mm-hmm. um, and our things are just built so far apart. But hopefully electric vehicles will be part of a future where we'll have better public transportation. Mm-hmm. Maybe like in my greatest dreams, like a high speed railway system. Yes. <laughs> yes. But just if there were other ways to get places easier, um, then this would also be less of a problem. We might have to just kind yeah. of let go of that ideal of the highway of driving um and just come into a new exciting uh kind of viewpoint of what our future travel could be like no absolutely and i think it's important to note that the most like daily trips in america are pretty short they are and it would be great to have like an electric vehicle for those and then that that great high speed type maybe renewably powered like railways that we could use for the long term yeah that's a really good point because on your daily basis um it wouldn't be as much of an issue at all. Yeah. So, but uh, I think the last thing I want to touch on is something we mentioned earlier, and it, it's kind of this idea of where the chargers are mm-hmm. or where electric vehicles are in Pennsylvania. And so a lot of them are in the places I'm sure you could guess, right? You have Philly, right? Some cities, the, the capital Harrisburg, right? But one of the places local to us, for our listeners, that has a lot of chargers, and it, it's enough that it shows up on a map of PA if you look oh, at wow. where the electric vehicles are, is Lewisburg, and the reason is. Bucknell, a college in Lewisburg, uh, for those listeners that know where Bucknell is, has electric vehicle chargers. And they put them there almost 10 years ago. Wow. It was like 2011 to 2013, somewhere around there, they put in their first chargers. And since then, they've added, I think, three or four more chargers. So shout out Bucknell again. And more and more students, faculty, and staff have electric vehicles. Mm -hmm. And so I think it goes to show that even in a small kind of rural area, if you put in chargers and somewhere that people can actually charge their vehicles, they will, you know, people will bring in or they'll be more incentivized to purchase electric vehicles. If you build it, they'll come. Exactly. (laughs) No, exactly. Uh, But on that note then, I know Callie knows this. This is our exciting news for today. Do you want to start us off on the exciting news? Well, this is something that Grant has been working on for, I think, the past two years to try to get this project completed here at Susquehanna University. And this year he completed the project and i think you should tell everybody what this fancy project is i'm gonna drum roll on the table sealance grove and susquehanna university is getting electric vehicle chargers yeah it's very exciting we're working with a company called switch energy we'll have four level two chargers put in which essentially means they're not the fast chargers so it won't be like a half an hour charge but if you're one of the only ones there it could be a couple hours till full battery it's definitely there to top off your car if you want to check out campus walk around town it's open to community members and anybody that drives by. Um, there'll be four of them, like I mentioned. It, it's open to everyone. The parking spots will be there to use. So very exciting. We're, uh, we're hoping that we can actually bring people in with electric vehicles yep. to the area, be a part of some, some positive air quality, less climate change-induced problems, and really just a, a better overall atmosphere for the people living in this area. Yep. Uh, I also have to give a shout-out to, I don't know if she listens to the podcast, but Ashlyn Searer. She is a senior that graduated last year, I believe. Yeah. She yeah. was initially the one who got an email from Switch Energy that forwarded it to me. Wow, the beginning of it all. I know. <laughs> uh, so without that email, it probably wouldn't have happened. Without the support of Callie and everybody in the Office of Sustainability, it would not have been possible. 
Uh, shout out to everybody there and the man who advises us, Dr. Greg Severin. But yeah, and also our Student Government Association for absolutely. coming through with the funds for us and recognizing absolutely. that this is something important for the future of our student body and our campus. Absolutely. And so those will be built hopefully this summer in June. Yeah, and so right after we graduate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, for everybody in the community, get ready to have some electric vehicle chargers to be a part of a hopefully a more positive, more equitable uh, future. And yeah, just thank you to everybody for, for tuning into the podcast today, for keeping along on this journey as yeah. we talk about sustainable actions we can all take uh, to supporting initiatives. Make sure to spread the word about the chargers. And uh, we hope you'll join us next time as we keep on cooking. Stay tuned. We'll be serving up a new episode soon. So get ready for some more small bites of this big world. <laughs>